You're listening to the Aggie Parent and Family Podcast, a podcast produced by the Student Orientation and Transition Services here at Utah State University. The Aggie Parent and Family Podcast is a podcast for students and families of USU Aggies. Here we share practical advice from leading USU experts and students to help guide your student in their journey at Utah State. I'm your host, Isaiah Jones, the Transition Parent and Family Coordinator here at Utah State University. And today I chat with Dan Alred, or Alred, if I can get it right. Dan is one of my favorite people at USU, which you all will see in the show. This recording was originally on our other podcast, the Aggie New Student Podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe. Remind your students about this podcast. Tell them to follow it, especially during these unprecedented and uncertain times. We're here to help. So please look at the show notes. Let me know if you have any questions. Don't forget to sign up for our USU Campus ESP Parent and Family Network, which you can find at usu.edu forward slash parents. Again, I'll put that in the show notes. Without further ado, let's get going here. Well, today we're talking about online classes at USU. And so my guest here, Dan Allred, is specializes in such things. So Dan, how about you say a little bit about yourself and uh, we'll go from there. Thanks. Uh, my specific job title is e-learning enrollment specialist. I work with all kinds of student related services uh, with online classes, uh, coordinating, advocating, uh, and helping to build uh, online programs and classes. Uh, USU has got a great uh, experience. We're actually celebrating our 25th year of offering online classes, uh, one of the longest in the state. In fact, I think the longest in the state. In fact, the state legislature recognized it uh, right before everybody went into quarantine. So we've got a long experience of doing this, and we're really excited to keep continuing expanding our offerings. Yeah, that's awesome. Especially, I feel, being a land-grant institution where we have like the mission to reach as many people as possible, especially in the state of Utah, to have those online platforms, I'm sure is super helpful, right? Yes. I mean, and that's, that's been one of the big driving factors of, of shall we say, this uh, technology-driven education is because of the land-grant mission. While we have 33 locations across the, the state that we broadcast classes to, the online offerings increase that you know, exponentially. So Dan, that raises the question then, so how do online classes work at USU? And I I know that we're on the Logan campus, uh, but I don't know if there are any distinctions at some of our other system-wide campuses, but in general, yeah, how do these online classes work? A good question. And in terms of being on a particular campus, there really is no separation from the online classes, from the rest of the institution. Uh, you are not marked as an online student. If you take online classes, you're marked as a, a Logan student or a Kaysville student or wherever you're located. Online classes themselves are, are particularly interesting, specifically because we are currently looking at an increase because of the whole COVID-19, where we have a lot of classes that are moving online or, or have moved online because of necessity. And so uh, we, our designers have worked with professors and things like that to get those classes online. Those, some of those classes, I don't know, I, I don't want to speak badly to these professors, but if a student has a bad experience in one of these remote type of classes that we just had to do, this is not our standard procedure for online classes. So, you know, we've looked at some remote classes this fall semester. We have a couple more that will be coming out this uh, summer semester, but because of that, we've got some time to work with them to try to get them up to the standard of the regular online. So the, the standard online classes uh, have a couple of uh, basic basic things that are the same. Um, they are asynchronous. That means you don't have to log on at a specific time. You don't have to uh, be in a specific location, uh, day or night. I mean, you just take the class when it's convenient to you. You're not live chatting with your professor, but you can work on it. And so long as things get done by the deadline, as I like to say, 2 a.m., 2 p.m., on your lunch break on a beach in Maui, doesn't matter when or where. I did have a student in Maui 
she said she did do them on the beach occasionally, but never at 2 a.m. Yeah, that's great. And I like what you say about the same, it's the same degree, right? It's not like when you receive your, your, you know, your, your degree, it says Utah State University and then in parentheses online signed by Dan. Yeah, it's the, it's really funny because I get that question a lot of people asking me, is it going to, is it going to look different? Is the, is the transcript or is the diploma going to look different? And no, there's absolutely no difference. We actually did have a one program that had a lot of substitutes in it because they're like, okay, well, we'll substitute these classes. And we found out, told them, I said, well, then this isn't an online program. You are making an exception to too many exceptions here. No, it's the same classes. It's, it's the exact same degree. Yeah. And another interesting point that you made about the same standard. I think right now, you know, unless you've been under a rock or something, as I've said in the previous podcast, COVID has, a, has impacted everyone's lives across the country. And we've had many of our, our students who are at the Logan uh, campus who are now working remotely online. And then we have these online classes. And I know for a lot of folks, there's still questions about what the difference is and that kind of thing. And so perhaps they're assessing them, Dan, as you said, on the same wavelength, but you made the point earlier that they're, they're actually quite different. Yes. And as, I said, as we move forward with this, we're hoping that we'll see more and more professors offer the online classes. And as I said, this summer as we're working with professors, we're, it, it's, it is a, still a bit of a rush job, shall we say, but we're not pressed for time like we were for spring semester. And so when it comes to for online classes, something to keep in mind is that the designers that work with the professors and the professors themselves, you can expect a, uh, expect the usual workload from a regular face-to-face class as you can an online class. Prospective students may, uh, may look into it and say, um, may find the information that every credit hour of a class is one hour in class and two hours out of class worth of work. So a credit hour is approximately three hours a week worth of work. That holds true for online classes. They are not inherently easier because they're flexible. Um, and you can anticipate spending for a three credit hour class you can be spending nine hours a week working on that thing. And sometimes it feels like more because you're not in the class listening to the lecture. You're doing it at home. You're doing it on your lunch break at work or whatever. And that's, you know, that's spread out in a little different way um, than otherwise. Right. So it's not like 6,000 classes, put them online, go. You usually have a, a whole rubric and things as to how that works. Yeah. Our, our, uh, our designers actually have created a, uh, a rubric for professors creating online classes and say, this is what they need to have. You have to meet these standards in terms of, of quality, um, the quality of the material put up. You can't just throw up a whole bunch of stuff and call it good. You've got, it's got to be good stuff. Um, they, they work with the media production crew to create videos. If the professor wants to do videos, they work with the usual course, the course materials people. I mean, this, these are not half-hearted classes. These, these, there's a lot of work that goes into building an online class. And students should expect that, I mean, they're going to have the work on the other side as well. A lot of students think online classes are inherently easier. They are not. They should expect the same amount of work. Um, so sometimes it feels like more because of how it's structured. But two, just in online classes in general, students need to be more proactive. And so that's an important thing to keep in mind when it comes to the online classes. Something else I should mention that uh, online classes uh, do kind of tend to follow like a two-week schedule, like they'll have a unit for two weeks and they'll have a series of assignments assessments. And then once that's done, they'll move on to the next unit. Um, There are some classes out there that are referred to as self-paced. USU online classes are not usually, I mean, you can't really term them as self-paced. You can't cram through them in four weeks and be done for the rest of the semester. You're going to be working consistently through the semester. 
Yeah, you said some very interesting things. And and that kind of is a good transition to our next question of why should you consider taking, not you personally, Dan, but the students of Utah State University, why should they consider taking these online courses? That, uh, it is a great question. And I will take it personally because I actually completed my master's degree online through Kansas oh. State University. So I, I myself went through an online program. So I've had plenty of experience with that. When it comes to the whys, the biggest one is flexibility. Interesting fact, I, I'm going to ask you this question. If you had to guess what location or population of students likes online classes the most in Utah State system, what would you say? Maybe our, some of, maybe some of our local folks. You're right. It's Logan. We have had an increase in students taking online classes in Logan faster than any other location. When it comes to online classes, the Logan students love them. And a big part of that is because you can take nine credits while living on campus, but if you need to get to, if you want to get to that 15 and you've got to work, throw a couple of online classes on there and you don't have to worry about meeting your work hours. You, you know, make that time up in the evening when you've got it or do it in the morning when you're awake or so on and so forth. So that, that flexibility of timing is just so wonderful. Um, and particularly, of course, I mean, they were originally designed for the distance students and the working professionals, the family people, the family students, the adult learners, because as, as my wife put it, my wife completed her degree through our distance campus through a big chunk of online from Utah State. And uh, she was actually, uh, she actually spoke at the, uh, this was prior to the merger with CEU. So it was still USU Price. She spoke at graduation USU Price and she talked about balancing the laptop on one knee and the baby on the other and trying to make sure that they didn't get close enough to destroy each other. That's, I mean, that's the, the picturesque flexibility of an online class is that you can do that. I sat with the kid a lot of nights so that she could do her homework, you know, <laughs> or she'd do it on, on uh, uh, while, while my daughter was taking a nap and stuff like that. Um, so the flexibility is the biggest reason people take online classes. Something that people don't know about with Utah State's online classes is the cost. That's another reason to take online classes. And for students living in Utah, online classes cost the same as campus classes, which means you can mix. You can do that nine credits on campus, six credits online, and it's not going to be any different than taking 15 credits on campus. You can mix and match. That wasn't always the case. About eight years ago, online classes costed extra. So if you, if, you know, you didn't hit that plateau, but now that plateau exists. When it comes to out-of-state students, it's also an advantage because for out-of-state, we have a special tuition rate for online classes that is comparable to resident tuition. So if a student is a non-resident of Utah, you're not going to pay non-resident tuition if you're not living here. So we've got students that, you know, will want to start early. I'll talk more about this, but, you know, starting early, you know, take a couple online classes before coming to Logan or on the uh, summer breaks, you know, going home out of state for a period, you know, for the summer and taking a couple online classes. Or if you have to relocate for any reason, um, you know, jobs or relationships or family needs or stuff like that, you can relocate out of state and you're not penalized with non-resident tuition. Yeah, that's great. One one thing I thought was interesting when you said that these courses were originally designed for more of the distance folks, but it makes complete sense that perhaps you're in Logan, you're working a job and you need that flexibility to still work. Maybe they have a couple of kids, as you were saying, and still needing to kind of maybe get that degree or certificate or whatever it is that they're looking for since USU offers the whole spectrum. And at the same 
same time, not have to be anywhere physically at a certain time. Because I think, yeah, you're right. I think the assumption is that remote is easier and or online is easier or different cost and all these things. But the truth is, is that, you know, it's kind of give and take. It's probably very nice to be able to say, I don't have to be somewhere on campus, worry about parking at three o'clock and be able to say, no, I found that 1, 2 a.m. when the kids are in bed, hopefully, I'm able to work on that homework, right? (laughs) Yeah, when I did my master's program, uh, 10 to midnight was my study time because I was the only one awake in the house at that time. My wife crashed at 10 o'clock. She could tell the time based on how tired she was. (laughs) And she would get it within five minutes either way. Um, So 10 o'clock roll around, I'd be the only one awake, and that was homework time from 10 to midnight or if I needed to one o'clock every night, um, you know, and then work, you know, I had a job at the time where I could work on my lunch break or occasionally during work hours, stuff like that. And that's how I completed my master's program. Uh, and I couldn't have done it without being able to have that flexibility. So how do students go about registering for these online courses? Great question. And this is, this is one of the ones I love the most because as I said earlier, we don't separate students. We don't separate students that are taking online classes from this institution. So when it comes to registration, it's the exact same process. Um, you go and you use the exact same thing, all the, the, the videos we put together for orientation, those, you know, it's the exact same banner system. It is important to note what campus you're associated with. So if you're on the Logan campus, there is a separate Logan online and broadcast campus code in banner in the, in the student system. And so if you're looking for online classes as a Logan student, you need to make sure you get that You need to add that campus when you do your search. Otherwise, if you're anywhere else in the state, you select the most appropriate location. You know, if you're in Davis County, you choose Kaysville or the Salt Lake area, so on and so forth. If you're outside of Utah, we have an out-of-state campus that you use. And it's important to make sure you do get the right campus because tuition and fees are tied to these. Obviously, we don't charge the same sorts of fees in Salt Lake as we do for Logan, which has the gym, the stadium, and all the other things that physically are there that a a Salt Lake student couldn't use. The other thing is I mentioned that special rate for out-of-state. You get it by registering for the out-of-state campus. Um, Other than that, it's pretty, I mean, that's that's the the standard standard format. Yeah, and I, I like that you bring up student fees as well, because that's always a little bit mysterious, even for the students who are on the Logan campus of what are these fees covering? And you mentioned the stadium, the basketball gym, perhaps the library. But of course, those fees are going to be designated to a particular site and would make more or less sense. You don't need a athletic fee for a particular site that doesn't have that association. And that makes sense. Uh, I know a lot of those fees also go to those respective campuses. So if I have a student in Salt Lake and, you know, I say, make sure you get the Salt Lake campus because that money is also going to them to, so that they can get you stuff. Salt Lake's got a wonderful campus and they've actually designated online spaces for students. They've got study labs there. Uh, they've got a little kitchenette and everything like that. So if a student needs to get out of the house or get away from work and have a nice quiet place to study, they have an online quote unquote online space there at the Salt Lake campus. Even though you don't need to go there for classes for any reason, You've got a dedicated space there where you can go, where you can get to get stuff. I think it'd be a cool idea to bring in like a typical question maybe that we get here at USU. So here it is, Dan. I'm admitted for fall, but want to start early with online. How do I register for this or how to register for this coming summer? How would that work? 
I, that I do get that question a lot, and especially right now with uh, we've got a, a whole group of people uh, with this COVID nineteen where their plans have changed. They've been pulled out of whatever circumstance they've been in, whether it be uh, religious service or military or whatever uh, employment, and and so right now is a, is a is a perfect time to go through this. So the the most important thing is is there are two ways that students are admitted to Utah State and start attending. The first way, of course, is applying. And, you know, I, I applied this, this last Christmas time to come for this fall semester. In those sorts of cases, if a student wants to come, if a student wants to come for spring and they've been admitted for fall, they need to get with the admissions office so that they can move that admissions up to summer. Once that's done, register just like normal. The other situation is where a student applied, say, two years ago knew that they were going to be having an experience A religious service mission is the most common one in these sorts of cases. And so they defer enrollment. So they've, they've already said, okay, I've applied. I've been accepted. I will be back. They pulled an Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, of course. Um, and in those cases, if a student's been interrupted in that process, and so say they deferred to uh, deferred for spring 2021, I had a student say that and said, okay, I want to start summer. In that case, they contact the registrar's office and the registrar's office is able to move that up to summer and they go from there. Um, email addresses, the emails are the best way to do this for admissions. It's just admit, uh, A-D-M-I-T at usu.edu and registrars is just registrar at usu.edu. A quick email and that's all they need. The same thing is true if, if a student is leaving the state, for instance, for the summer, but we'll be back in the fall. If, if for any reason the student is relocating, they just email registrars and say, hey, I'll be in this location for the time being, and then they'll be able to register for the proper section of the online course for that semester. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. That's really helpful, and it seems like a pretty seamless process, right? It is. It is pretty seamless. We're trying to get to the point where you don't even have to do an email. You just go online and you know click a couple of buttons. Um, we're not quite there yet, but I'm, I'm rather pleased that it's just an email to, an, to the right office registrars for the most part, except for those cases, you know, if you're with admissions. Um, but that's all you need to do. Great, great. So, Dan, is there anything that I've I've left out that uh, you wanted to maybe mention for our listeners? I will mention uh, that online classes are not for everybody. There are there's certain students that just don't do well in them, um, regardless of, of the format and stuff like that. The hardest thing is it's hard to tell if, if online classes aren't for you without actually trying it once. And that's, that's the hardest thing. Now, there are some things there. I mean, you guys had mentioned, you have to be proactive, much more proactive in an online class than you do in a normal face-to-face class. You have to make sure you've got good uh, time management. Uh, my, I'd say favorite, but it's a very unfortunate memory for me. I was meeting with a student at another institution, going, helping, going through their grades from the last semester, looking at the next semester, uh, for their classes. I was an advisor at the time. And I was, I was going through, and I'm like, oh, it looks like you failed your American history class. And they said, oh, I had an American history class. I totally forgot. And it was an online class. And because she hadn't, she didn't have to be in a special place at any given time, she just blitzed it and just forgot about it completely. And yeah, that was that. And she had to, re- she retook the class, got the grade replaced and then did well the second time around. But I mean, that is, that is an important consideration when doing online classes is you do have to keep up on them because unlike a face-to-face class where your calendar is grabbing you saying, I have to be here at this time, online classes, because of that flexibility, also don't tend to be quite as grabby. <laughs> yeah, funny story. When I was an undergrad here at USU, I felt 
that online was a little bit newer and that, you know, people were just not taking it. And I did take an online class, but I had a, like a dream that that happened to me that oh, no. the end of the year came and they were like, Hey, I, you failed this class. I'm like, oh, I thought I, am I in that class? And just, so yeah, I think that's sound advice. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. It just, when you don't have to be somewhere physically, there's a part of you that's like, oh man, I better make a note or have a, get some rhythm down. Just, you know, whatever it is, even if it's late, like you say, I think all of those things are so helpful uh, to being in an online context. Maybe in the future, we'll be able to talk about some of the particular challenges of online classes and how to overcome them. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it'd be good to have you back and just do kind of a little series on, I know there's so much information and good information that we could break this down and talk about different aspects of online. Excellent. I'll be more than happy to. Great. Well, that's the end of our show today, listeners. So thanks for listening to the Aggie New Student Podcast. And Dan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. I hope you're back soon.